This is this is a great lesson for us to really comprehend, especially um, in regards to the question. It says uh, it says encourage students to live in such a way that Satan will be concerned about the Christian influence they are having on others. And we see with this that Jesus was becoming very influential, that Jesus was was really beginning shining a lot of light about himself. And a lot of people, because of his authority, began to be curious about who he said he was. Why is it important to speak Live, walk in confidence and authority. I'll break it down for you. So confidence, let's break the word confidence down. What is in the word confidence? There's a word in confidence. There's two words in there, but you know, confide. What does confide mean? We confide in people that we what? Trust, right? So confidence means, in order for me to walk in confidence, I mean I trust myself. Like, like when you go on the basketball court, you know you put a thousand shots up that week. You know for a fact that you are conditioned. When you step on that court, you're confident because you've been proven trustworthy in of yourself that week. Because you've proven to be who you are. Now, confidence is important because confidence comes from a series of moments where you know that you put the work in. What are some things that will make you confident in sports? Let's just name some things. Repetition. Repetition. And why does repetition make one confident? Because when you put a repetition, it just builds confidence. And now you know, I worked on this too many hours to do it wrong. I mean, I've been working to master this. Mm-hmm. How can I get it wrong? That's right. So repetition also goes for representatives. And what is the what is the wonder words in there? Reps. The more reps I put up, the more I can uh, uh, be a better representation. So how can I represent the game of basketball? How can I represent for my sake ministry and the word of God? How can I be a good, solid representative if I don't put the reps up? So for me to have confidence to speak in front of you all from the word of God, I have already put up the reps. They say in order to be successful in business or successful in anything, you got to put your what? 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours makes one an expert. 10,000 hours really makes a person solidified as an expert <clears throat> equipped with an expertise. So my confidence increased as I increased my reps. That's why you cannot really be a, a thorough representative in any sport, in any field, any place of life. If you don't got your reps up. So, for instance, this Friday for the staff and student game, I got to get my reps up. You know, Chris, Chris has been gloating and he's been boasting about how he beat me the other day. And it, and it blessed two people. And I have to do their memory verses. But I told my nephew, I ain't put up no reps in five months. So why celebrate? Why celebrate? Thank you, but when I actually do put my reps up this week, I can be confident Friday that whoever gets swung on Ezzy Island, right, is going is going to get that work, right? So reps, as far as repetitions, allows me to be a great representative, right? So how can you represent something or represent something if you haven't been first representative or representing something to yourself? So uh, represent means I'm representing. Repetitions are rep, representing to me what it's going to be, what it's going to take for me to be a representative. Now, authority. Authority means what? Uh, uh, 
power. Uh huh. And what's what's a word in authority? That's a word in authority. Author. An authority figure is someone who authors something. So God has authority in this world because he's the author of this. He's the one that that scripted, that designed it. So confidence comes from trust. Authority comes from author. Right. And so Jesus began to become a threat because not only was he confident because he knew where he came from, he knew who his father was, he knew who he was, he also was the author of it. And and his authority was evident because he says, I can do what I want because I author it, right? That's why it's important for you as young people is to build your confidence and to become an author. An author doesn't mean you have to write a book. Then I said it often means I am the one that innovated. Jesus was a threat because he brought innovation. It talked about how they fulfilled the law of Moses on the Sabbath by circumcising young men. Circumcised on the Sabbath. But he said, y'all got offended by me by making a whole manhole. How are you going to be mad at me for healing someone? While y'all was circumcised someone on the same day, what he was showing was you guys confidence. You guys authority. It's not solid. Hey, girl. It's not solid. So when you have confidence that comes from your trust in God and your trust in God makes you trustworthy with yourself, then when you offer something, you can operate in authority. And that's important. That's what makes you dangerous. That's what makes you a threat. Spiritual warfare against spiritual people is, is something that a lot of us lack understanding in. That because we're, uh, our confidence is in Christ and we're confident in life and we operate in the authority of the one that offered everything that's in his, in his uh, life, then the enemy's going to want to stop you. Let me ask a couple people, three people, what is something that you are going to author one day? Not a book, but author. What I mean by write, start, create, innovate. What are some of the things that you say, I'm going to author this, I'm going to innovate this, I'm going to create this. I'm going to be the authority figure in this space. Yes. A household, I want to be, I want to create my own family. Family. That's right. Good. So family. What's another one? Success. Success. Or like business? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. What's another one? We got family, business, one more. <clears throat> Something that you want to be an authority, an authority figure in. The author of those two are very good, unless someone wants to give me a, a third, another, another good one. Let's stick with those two. Family. Right now, well not right now, but forever. My last name is what? Ezzy. When my wife and I met, she wasn't an Ezzy; she was a garden, right? My baby girl, who is, was born six months ago, without me and my wife conceiving her, she wouldn't have gotten his last name. I am the author of the Ezzy under this branch. So right now. There's a tree, the Ezzy tree. This is dad's branch, granddad's branch, great, great, grand, see where I'm going? Great, great, granddad's branch, 
great, 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 great granddad's branch, and here's my branch. Right? So this is the Azzy tree, the Azzy lineage, etc. It doesn't matter what's on their branch. What matters is what branches off of me. So I got to make sure as a man that as I often, every young man has to understand this, because especially if you're going to plan on making a family, is that you got to make sure you understand how significant a family is. Like, for instance, you can't be a family man but care more about success. Like, God, I, I, talk, I write in my book right now, one of the things I wrote in my book was um, that, that as a young man, I'm going to have many accounts. I'm going to have a family account, have a personal account. I'm going to have a family account. You don't have a bank account. I'm going to have a ministry account. I'm going to have a business account. I'm going to have whatever other accounts. The first accounts God's going to open up to judge me on are going to be these two. Most people focus on their ministry. Most people focus on their business. <clears throat> Most people focus on success. But they don't know that God's going to open these, these accounts first. He's going to say, how did you take care of you, Josh? Because if I, when I open this account, it will show me whether you was accountable or successful with family. So as an author of this family, the Azzy's branch on the Azzy tree, I got to make sure that I operate in the authority that God has given me because he's the one that authored family. See, my marriage is not my marriage. My marriage is God's marriage. Did I create marriage? Did I design marriage? Did I design family? God designed family. So in order for me to author the Azzy family well, I got to operate under the authority of the original author of family. And look at the world's design of family right now. The world's design of family is the devil's authorship of family. Can the devil create? The devil can't create nothing. All he can do is pervert what has already been created. So what is the example of God's design for family? What, is, what does that look like? God's design of family. God's original authorship of family. What does a solid family look like? God's family. The perfect family. Yes. Respect, but give me give me some structure before we get into the uh, that part. A man and a woman, right? Now what? Now now, any family can have a man and a woman, but it may not be God's structure of family. You have to have a man of God and a woman of God. Why is that essential for the family to be strong? Yeah. So a man of God and a woman of God is going to author their family according to what has been authored by the Word of God, right? And what else is another building block of family? Kids, right? That's God's design of family. Now, what is the world's, the satanic design or authorship of family or the perversion of family? What do those family structures look like? Single parent home. So you got a single dad or a single mom. The question was, what does a perverted family look like? Same sex, yep. So gay? What else? Single parent. So the devil understood that if I can take the man out of the equation, the house becomes unbalanced. And what happens in an unbalanced home? Collapses, right? 
So the devil knows <clears throat> I got to somewhat pervert. That's what he did with Eve. Did God really say this is what family supposed to look like? Does this family have to look like this? For years, hundreds, thousands of years, the family unit was the most important thing. And when a man starts a family outside of the authorship of God, then they're going to find that family collapse. That's why if you remove the significance of sex, you say sex is down here. It's, it's not that whatever. Then if sex is downgraded, what else is downgraded in value? If sex is cheap, what else becomes cheapened? Kids. Kids. If kids are cheapened, what else? What is then cheapened after that? The family. So the devil, the way you attack the family is to cheapen the, the entry level of a family. So, but before I can cheapen sex, who else? What else do I have to cheapen before I cheapen sex? The sexes, male and female. So if I cheapen the male and make the male who holds it, I know this may be a biological lesson, but the male who holds the sperm that will create a family, if I cheapen men in society, and you heard about in 1990, uh, record labels had a, a board meeting where they talked about how we have to create gangster rap because the, of the uh, prison industrial complex, because business... Uh, Prisons became a business. So now all of a sudden, if I, if I can create free labor or modern day slavery in America, I got to get men out of the home. So the goal was they started in the 70s and 60s with the feminist movement. The feminist movement said, we don't need no man. We can do it ourselves. So what happened was the men were at war. The women were vulnerable. So they created unnecessary wars so that men will go to war and a lot of men will die. And while the men were at war, the feminist movement was created in America because your man is at war. Why, if you don't have a, a, a business for yourself, if you don't become independent, how will you be able to have success? So when the men came back from war, they came to a woman's mind who now created war within the family. Now, <clears throat> feminism says, hey, we don't need no men. Women are equal to men, quote unquote, etc. Don't get me wrong. Men and women are equal in dignity. But in responsibility, we're not equal. See, listen, my wife can have a flu. She can have a cold. She can have a back pain. And she'll and she's stronger than me. When I'm sick, you ever see when a man is sick? I'm on the couch. Baby, uh, put some lemon in my water, baby. Uh, I, I'm going to die, Lord. I'm out of here, Lord. We can't handle sickness like women can. So I'm not equal to a woman. I can't, Man, listen, I can't bear no child. When I saw my wife bearing a child, I said, yo, fam, you got that. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. <clears throat> so on both sides of the aisle, we're equal in dignity, but we're not equal in responsibility. If so, I can bear a child too. So there's some strengths in a woman that I don't have, and there's strengths in a man that, that women don't have. So, and God did that not for competition, but for collaboration. But the devil says to get rid of collaboration, I have to have competition. And so while the men were on mission, women were focused on being in competition with their men, and it caused a, a devaluing of man. Now you have a lot of uh, women in culture that says, I don't need no man, or a man has to have a six-figure, seven-figure uh, bank account in order to be with me. Now, if a woman starts thinking that way, how many men make over six figures in a year? One to two percent. That's Probably small. You're right. Probably smaller than that. So if you got 
millions of women with this ideology, there ain't enough men for all the women that says, well, you got to have X, Y, and Z in order to marry me. Then all of a sudden, that makes the man feel insecure, makes the man feel inferior. And what happened in the Garden of Eden? The woman usurped the man. The same thing is happening right now. Now when the man is not valued, the woman now is empowered. And then when the man ain't there, what happens? Men not only devalue because of feminism, that's one side of the equation. Some men are devalued because their father wasn't there. So you got two S, feminism and lack of uh, fathers. Now when the fathers are gone, who's going to raise men to be men? So the attack on men is the first pushing block to destroy the authorship or the original design of family. So now when the man and a lot of, and a lot of kids, I tell them sometimes it's better not to even have your dad in the house. Some kids right now got a bad dad who's present. <laughs> they got a dad who's home, but, but he's not a father. Right. So a father and a mother, the definition of a mother is one who nurtures. Definition of a father is one who instructs. If the man is not a man of God, he won't become a husband. And he has to be a husband or to be a father. And he has to be a father to be able to take care of the people. So, for instance, I just can't imagine Hannah, 14, 15 years old. And I spend more time with y'all than I do with her. Is that the proper order? No. Because if I spend more time with y'all and don't father her, whatever happens to y'all may hurt. But what happens to her because I wasn't there is going to drastically affect me. So in order for me to ensure that I author family under the authority and authorship of how God designed it, men have to say, you know what, I got to become a man of God. Because a lot of good women, they're waiting for men to be men because that is one of the foundational blocks of family. Now, when the man ain't there, the woman by herself, or the man's gone because of uh, lack of father, or they're home, they're in the home, but they're not good fathers, then it just causes a disruption. Now, if you have a bunch of men growing up without fathers, and you have a lot of girls growing up without fathers, then this becomes cheapened. Because what does this do? Sex makes a person feel close. Sexual things make a person feel held in love. So now, because these missing blocks wasn't there, and the mother wasn't there, then this makes girls and boys get close. And the more you get into an environment where y'all just get excited or whatever, then this happens. And then when this happens, kids happen because kids raising kids was never meant to be the design. So the devil knows that in order to disrupt the authority of the man and woman of God in the family, because what makes families dangerous? Good, solid families are dangerous. How? Good, solid. Yep. Oh, to the devil, why are they why are on both sides? What makes a good family? Uh, why is why is a good solid family important in society? Because good strong child. Good strong child. What you gonna say? Like the structure. The structure. Foundation. The foundation. So, for instance, a strong man and a strong woman creates a strong marriage. A strong marriage creates a strong family. So a, a marriage has to be strong. God designed marriage. Therefore, for me, in order for my daughter to keep smiling like she is, me and my wife got to be good. That's why they say you never put the kids over your wife or husband. Because when you do, it causes an unbalance because you begin to love the kid more than you do the one that you made the kid with. 
So a strong marriage makes sure that a family, a, a child grows up under the right structure. A strong family unit creates a strong community. A strong community or strong communities create a strong city. Strong cities create a strong state. Strong states create a strong nation. Strong nation creates a strong world. So the discapitalization of society begins when you separate the man from God. So when a man is not with God, then the man can't be strategic and picking the right woman to create a right, the right family to create a, 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 a good kid and then potentially being an influential beacon. I like to create another strong family group. And those films create a strong community because back in the day, everybody got whoopers on the way home. <laughs> so back in the day, when you got in trouble, your neighbor whooped you. The other neighbor whooped you. And then your mama whooped you. And then when daddy came home, daddy got you. So a strong family. Strong f- so what would make a kid now? I don't want uh, Miss Jenkins to find out. Because not only is Miss Jenkins going to tell my mama, because Miss Jenkins work at the elementary school, Miss Jenkins going to whoop me. Then she's going to tell my mom, and then my mom going to whoop me. Then my mom going to call my dad. Dad come home. Dad going to whoop me. What's going to make a kid do? Do right. <laughs> because I live in a strong neighborhood. But when you have single, single dads, single moms, and gay family units, and it's not how God authored it, you ain't going to have a strong family. So now it makes you think differently about sex and boyfriend, girlfriends, relationships and different things. Because even if you're in a relationship right now, you'd be like, no, we're not. We're waiting until we get married to do this. Because if we do this outside of a strong marriage and bring a kid in a weak marriage or a weak relationship or bring a kid in a little boyfriend, girlfriend thing. Or or you bring a kid in the world where now you don't slept with the wrong dude because you felt insecure because your father wasn't there. But you never went to your heavenly father. Then what happens is then that dude's going to run nine out of ten guys. Not nine out of ten. But a high percentage of guys are going to leave when this comes. When a kid comes, they gone. And so now it leaves the woman. And then what it does to the woman and the family. Now, grandma got to spend the next 20 years of her life raising a kid that ain't hers. Now, grandma's dream's on hold. Your dream's on hold. So when they devalue sex, they then devalue kids. Because then what, what, what created when sex was devalued, after the man and woman was devalued, they were insecure and they wanted to get close. What then, what, what industry was created after this was cheapened? Abortion. If sex don't matter, if I don't matter, sex don't matter. If sex don't matter, kids don't matter. If kids don't matter, my legacy doesn't matter. So we have to say, okay, how did God offer family? How, what is his authority over family? Because then I will put my confidence in God. Because for me... Man, it's, 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 a little, it's, a little, it's a little different for your boy. Like, I didn't grow up with a dad present. Me and my dad cool right now. We're great. But I didn't grow up seeing a father. So imagine me not seeing a good man, because I grew up in a single-parent home. But just because you grew up in one of these homes, some people might be in a gay home. I don't know about in here, but whoever's listening on YouTube or whatever. <clears throat> if you grew up in this home, that still doesn't mean you become a victim because of, of what victimized you for how you was brought up. You still got to go to the word of God and find out how did God originally author author it so I can make him my father. But I grew up in a single parent. I ain't seen no good marriage. I don't know what a good marriage look like visibly. I don't I don't I I never seen a father like, you know, 
uh, kiss his daughter all the time or pick her up. And, and, and I've never seen that. But who has seen it? God, because he authored it. So now I have to say, God, I have to trust you. I have to have my confidence in you that, Josh, no, you're going to be a great dad, Josh. Like, that's my prized possession, to be the best husband I can be and to be the best dad I can be. Because if I can take care of them two and be the best to me, if I can take care of me, her, and little her, <laughs> then I can be a hero to as many people in the world. Then I can author a family. We also said business. In order for me, we pick those two because we're talking about confidence and authority, author and a, a business or success. <clears throat> we have to succeed God's way. There's going to be a man. Do you know how many people right now are billionaires, but bankrupt eternally? Imagine being a billionaire, but bankrupt in heaven. You, you got all these billions. You know, you own the Lakers. You own the New York Knicks. You own the Dallas Cowboys. You own all these prize franchises, but get the God that own nothing. The Bible says don't lay up yourselves treasures on what? Earth, where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can do what? Break in and steal. But the Bible says lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust can destroy these can. So right now, right now, I'm a living, walking heaven, whatever the currency term in heaven is. Like, imagine being not as rich down here. And everybody's like, oh, I got more money than you. Oh, I'm richer than you. And then you get to heaven and God says, come here. I'm a, you know, God probably has his digital. Um, I don't know what technology is going to be up there. It's going to be beyond. Because I know God ain't going to show all of his stuff up down earth. Heaven got some technology. I don't know what he's going to do. <clears throat> but he says, you know what? Uh, you, you get to heaven. You get your, you're probably good to heaven. God's probably going to be like, here's your keys to your house. You know, there's probably some paperwork processing. You know what I'm saying? You're probably going to be like, all right, so um, first day of heaven, guys. You know, there's like an onboarding class when you get to heaven. Like how to live in heaven. Um, Y'all understand like you get jobs. They have onboarding at jobs. We're gonna be like, here's the culture of our job, and here's the VP, and here. And so heaven's gonna be like, you know, it's probably gonna be something like that. And when you get to heaven, he's probably gonna be like, all right, here's your little package. Some some uh, angel gonna come up to you and be like, all right, here's your here's your uh, uh, starter packet. And yes, sir. What if the contract is you believe in God So you're talking about you got, so what you mean? Because you, you, you said maybe when you get to heaven, you sign a contract. But I was just thinking about it. Like, what if the way God sees you is you believe in him. Oh, James, I'm so sorry. You believe in him while you was in the earth uh -huh. is the contract. So what you mean contract? You're talking about salvation? Right, once you fulfill that, yeah. Once you said you was just, you was heartful for God. When you get to heaven, it's just all the Lord. There's no contract assigned. You just inherit everything. Oh, I didn't mean contract like that. Like you, what I mean was like, what I do here on earth, right, is laying up treasures for me in heaven, right? And like, there's, I wouldn't say there's a classism in heaven because I'm not sure, but the Bible talks about how um, people who built on the foundation was Jesus, right? These mean these people are saved. Some built with precious stones, some built with hay and straw. The word of God says everybody's work will be tried by fire. There's going to be certain rewards in heaven based upon how I authentically did my purpose here. And that would determine what I have in heaven. There's going to be some people who's going to be doing a lot of great stuff here on earth, but it, it wasn't God's purpose. It's going to be burnt up. I don't know if there's street, sweep, street, weepers, street sweepers in heaven, but there's going to be levels up there. 
right? And so what I'm saying about this is, is that I got to make sure that I do everything genuinely. I hope I'm answering your question. I don't know if I am. I mean, I'm listening. It wasn't really a question. I just had a thought. Let me see if I can connect the eyes together. So when we get up there, right? There's a little package that says, you know, here's your keys to your mansion. Here's your and okay, give, so, give, two people tell me what you want your heaven house to look like. Where you want, where you want your house in heaven to be? In a forest. In a forest. Full of apples. Full of apples. By itself. By itself. Don't be surprised. That's true. Somebody else. Mm-hmm. Two more people. Little hoop. Tell Jesus, hey Jesus, I give you fifty. Jesus gonna be like, bro, I wouldn't even want to play Jesus, bro. I ain't gonna. <laughs> You said by a beach? So Elijah said he wanted his house by the beach? Yeah. I don't have to worry about snakes. So somebody else, what is another, where do you want your house to be in heaven? On a beach? We got beach, we got junk, not jungle, but... uh. Rainforest, because jungle and rainforest is different. What about you, Durell? Mountains, right? So imagine you get to heaven, and God, and you know, God's the God of details. Like, everything we probably ever wanted in a living expense, in a living way, he's probably going to have it. So for instance, you're going to be like, you'll be surprised, God be like, you know, I heard y'all conversation back in ninth grade. And you say you wanted to be in the rainforest. I just created the most beautiful rainforest. I got your house like right here in the middle of all these trees and you hear the noises. And you be like, God, you get to heaven and it's like you got this little nice little key with a little mountain on it for Darrell. And God said, I got you a house right on top of the mountain. You got wings. So no matter if you fall off, you're good. You know? And for those who want a house by the beach, God's like, man, I, I got the most. You don't have to worry about being flooded. You can walk out your front door, your left door, hold on, your right door, your left door, your back door, and you on the beach. You're surrounded by water. You're on an island, right? That's the beauty of saying, you know what? I may not get it here, and I may get it here, but I got to make sure that I'm not just laying up treasures here. So true success by God is not about being successful for earthly eyes, but to be successful eternally. So that doesn't mean you don't work hard, create businesses and stuff like that. But you got to say, what is, what is my real reason for this? How does God offer business? Do you know that back in the Bible days, I think I told you this, and that's why I think schools are corrupt. Because they teach you how to get a job versus teach you how to create jobs. It's a big difference. Back in the Bible days, people had businesses. Like the only two groups that didn't have their own business were who? Slaves and uh, soldiers. Everybody else, even Paul had a tent business. Disciples had fishing businesses. Like these people ran businesses and we have been conditioned to work jobs versus God teach me how to create jobs. Right. And so. So there's a way that God wants to author business. So we'll stop there because it's Bill about the ring. But I want you guys to think about what makes you influential. What makes you a threat? Demons are not going to fight against someone who is not that one that God wants them to be. And so confidence and authority is important. My confidence in God 
My trust in him, because confide means trust. My trust in God makes me trustworthy. Why is it important to be a trustworthy person? It's important to be a trustworthy person. Trustworthy. We are worthy of trust, right? A trust person is a person who's worthy of trust. And trust creates treasure. So if I'm a life coach and I'm out here helping people and I'm not trustworthy, that affects my bottom line. It affects my money. But when I have confidence in God and I confide in him, God, I need your help, whatever, whatever, and it builds my confidence, then I become someone that actually believes that I can be someone. Then I get my reps up, which makes me a better representative. And when I match my confidence with God's authority and how he authors things, you'll be successful. The world looks successful now. But the believer will be successful forever. So don't envy people whose success will only be here. You want to be a person that says, I'm successful here and I'm successful there. And that's where you begin to do things differently. Because the world, the Bible says, the world, the the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. That's why the world people look rich right now. Because they're, do you know we were not supposed to work as hard as the world people do? That the devil, not the devil, but God has the wicked people making all this money so the just will come in and say, I got the ideas. Pharaoh asked Joseph's help. Other Pharaoh asked for Daniel's help. And they gave him and them the kingdom. So God wants the world to work with sweat while we work for the way he wants us to work. So the wealth of the wicked will be laid for the just. Go ahead, fam. We're the, we're, the, we're the cheat code. That's why the Bible says we're the head, not the what? But we, are, we have become the tail while the world is becoming. Do you know we the ones, Christians created the, uh, what's that thing that made books? We the ones created it? Like Christians back in the day were innovative because they had the Holy Spirit. They didn't have cell phones, they didn't have television, so all they had was the Lord. <laughs> and what happens when you begin to engage them? You become a genius. You become... You become a, a, a person of ingenuity. You become an innovator. All you got to do is spend time with God, master your craft, become good at it, and then people are going to have problems and they're going to come to you to solve them. And when you solve big people's problems, people pay you big to solve big problems. So spend time with the Holy Spirit as often as you can because you'll be surprised what, you, what God wants you to author in life. We'll finish this up tomorrow. Love y'all. Yes, sir. Huh?